Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Since the inquiry is moving at a breakneck speed with no shortage of developments, we've got a new episode for you every weeknight. In a few minutes, we'll be talking with CNN White House reporter Megan Vasquez. But first, I'm joined by CNN chief political analyst Gloria Borger. Gloria, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So we are taping this uh, in the afternoon, and a short time ago, we got the document dump that we were awaiting today, which is two more transcripts from critical key witnesses in this uh, investigation. The ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, a big Trump donor, uh, and uh, the diplomat, Kurt Volker, uh, who is sort of the Ukraine expert in this affair. Um, Let me start with Sondland. Um, we got both of these transcripts. Remember, this is now part of the process of the House Democrats releasing full transcripts of these interviews that the witnesses uh, came in to do. And what seems pretty clear at the outset is Gordon Sondland has changed his story on a quid pro quo. He's certainly refreshed his recollection on quid pro quo, and it has changed uh, his testimony substantially. And he lays out a quid pro quo to Ukraine that he really did not acknowledge completely in the past. And he makes it very clear that after two other people testified, and he read their testimony about what he had said, that he did recall actually that he said what they said he said. Which was basically... Which was, and I will read this to you. Okay, great. Please do. I said the resumption of USAID would likely not occur until Ukraine provided the public anti-corruption statement that we had been discussing for many weeks. And that public statement, he's telling this to the Ukrainians... And that public statement would have included an acknowledgement of an investigation into Burisma, which is the oil company that Hunter Biden sat on the board of, and Joe Biden. And that he was carrying, clearly carrying the president's water on this, even though the president had told him on the phone, oh, there's no quid pro quo. This sure sounds like one. Yeah. So the president says that he actually then uh, affirms that the president's point of view to to Taylor, right, that there there is absolutely no quid pro quo. But he is now admitting right. that he told the Ukrainians there is no money coming unless there's this public declaration that you're doing the investigations 
into his pol- into the president's political rival that he seeks. That's right. Okay. And 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 what this this testimony does, and you you mentioned Kurt Volker, who was the former U.S. special representative for Ukraine negotiations. It sort of it paints a real portrait here. Now we're beginning to see how this all came down, which is Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Rudy Giuliani was a direct conduit to President Trump that the Ukrainians wanted to deal with because they thought it was the only way they could get their aid. And Volcker knew it. And Sunland knew it. Sunland. Not only did Sunland know it. Let me mm-hmm. just I want to read mm-hmm. this. Uh, so apparently in this uh, transcript, Sunland uh, tells the House committee in his testimony that Giuliani's push for Ukraine to investigate the Bidens was potentially illegal. He was asked, um, is this illegal? Sondland responded, I'm not a lawyer, but I assume so. This is Donald Trump's guy. This is Donald Trump's guy who's the ambassador to the EU, who's now telling these House investigators he's not a lawyer, but he assumed what Rudy Giuliani was doing was illegal. And then he also makes the case that, as he says, says it all kept getting more insidious as the timeline went on, in July, back in July, it was all just about corruption. So you see the evolution here, which is, okay, the president wants you to make a statement about corruption. Fine. Ukraine is corrupt. We're going to clean up our act. Then as the time progresses suddenly, it's not just about corruption in general, but it becomes about the corruption that Rudy Giuliani wants the Ukrainians to talk about and that Donald Trump wants them to talk about, which is Joe Biden and Burisma. Sondland said it took him a while to catch on to that, that he wasn't aware that Biden equaled Burisma, as he put it, or Burisma equaled Biden. Uh, But he eventually caught on to that. And they all seem to be finding, looking for a way to get the money to Ukraine and go around Rudy or at least get him to go away. And, uh, you know, in the testimony from uh, Volcker, I believe it was, there was talk about people in the State Department rolling their eyes about Rudy Giuliani and understanding um, that he was um, furthering the problem. And uh, that's just. Yeah. As you said, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. So let me let me just ask you, imagine you're President Trump for a moment, Gloria. And you're reading and you're seeing this news coverage about your guy, Gordon Sondland, your big donor. You've put him at the EU. By the way, Ukraine, not in the EU. I know. So that's a whole other matter with Gordon Sondland's involvement here. But do you think Donald Trump sees Gordon Sondland as protecting him in this process? Or do you think uh, Gordon Sondland is going to be on the outs with Donald Trump because of what he's reading here? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. On the outs at this point, particularly given his addendum. I would I would say so. And and it's it's very clear. So you think Sondland is a negative witness for the president's case? I do at this point. Yeah, I do. Because because what he is what he is saying is that uh, you we knew that we could not get this money through unless this statement was made. And we told the Ukrainians they had to do it. Now, Volcker at some point said, just forget about it. You know, Volcker at some point said to the Ukrainians, he said it died. He said, we first had the sense that Rudy was not going to be convinced that it meant anything and therefore convey a positive message to the president if it didn't say Burisma and 2016. So he just told them, drop it. 
Wait till you have your own prosecutor general in place. Let's work on substantive issues. Let's just do that. Let's just drop it. So they dropped it. And can you refresh our listeners' memory why, if Ukraine's not in the EU, Gordon Sundland has this in his portfolio? Because <laughs> uh, he's a friend of the president's, perhaps. And okay. uh, it's interesting. There are a lot of people I've talked to involved in this in my reporting who effectively said that Sunland would be, they thought, would be a good messenger for the president, that he was very ambitious, that he perhaps had uh, ideas that he could be the next secretary of state, uh, and that he was an ambitious person who was willing to carry the president's, the president's water. His people say that wasn't it. It was just that he was trying to get the aid and he was going to do whatever he could to to get it to Ukraine. Now, you have mentioned how central Rudy Giuliani is to all of this. Mm-hmm. Is Rudy Giuliani going to be uh, testifying before a House committee at some point in this process? Well, they haven't asked him, right. as we know. And I think there's a sense from a couple of people I've spoken with that they don't want it to turn into any kind of a circus, which tends to follow Rudy Giuliani uh, wherever he goes. And that at this point, uh, the Southern District of New York is looking into Rudy Giuliani and you don't want to have a conflict between a congressional committee and a legal investigation. Uh, so, Like the House Intelligence Committee and Robert Mueller. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think at some point, I bet they would, but they... Uh, they probably he will he will claim, as he has stated in the past, he might claim privilege because of his direct conversations with the president, even though he's not a government employee. Sondland is asked if sort of concerns about Giuliani were they raised within this. Uh, I mean, this is the question. He was causing serious issues in the U.S. relationship with Ukraine. Did you raise those concerns? Listen, says Sondland. The State Department was fully aware of the issues, and there was very little they could do about it if the president decided he wanted his lawyer involved. Question. And does that include Secretary Pompeo and his counselor, Ulrich Brechtbull? Uh, Answer. My speculation is, yes, they hit a brick wall when it came to getting rid of Mr. Giuliani. That's right. That's right. I don't think uh, Secretary Pompeo has publicly described it that way at all, that he hit some sort of brick wall and was trying to get rid of Rudy Giuliani. No, Secretary Pompeo has been the brick wall on this on this story. Uh, He has he has answered questions inaccurately on seems to me purposefully about whether he was on the phone call in the first place and and whether uh, the ambassador had come to him for help or his employee, his number two, had come to him for help about the ambassador who was getting kicked out of Ukraine. I think uh, everybody assumed from reading the testimony that Rudy Giuliani was the president's guy. And there was no way to, you know, to to throw him outside and say, this is not your domain because the president put him there. And if the president puts him there, you you have to deal with him. The only other alternative is to go to Trump. And to say to the president, Mr. President, Rudy Giuliani is really messing up our foreign policy. And nobody was willing to do that. What's also interesting to me is Vice President Pence's role in all of this. The the question is, in in the updated testimony that Sunland filed, uh, he said that he had discussed the linkage of Burisma, Biden, et cetera, with um, Mr. Yermak, who is an advisor to Zelensky, on the sidelines of a September 1 meeting between Vice President Mike Pence and Zelensky in Warsaw. Yeah. 
Remember, that was supposed to be a meeting with President Trump. Uh, It was Pence that actually went right instead. And uh, we're now going to hear from an aide to Mike Pence in this process before too long up on the Hill. Uh, And so I agree that Mike Pence is going to get more and more central to this process. These are the latest uh, headlines. Of course, the question is, well, what is the political impact of all of these headlines coming out of this testimony? Uh, Gloria and I are going to be joined by Megan Vasquez in just a moment right after this quick break. Welcome back to the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. I'm David Chalian. Gloria Borger is still with me. And we're pleased to welcome CNN White House reporter Megan Vasquez. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Megan, I want you to hear what Donald Trump ally, now ally, it's so odd to say that, Rand Paul, uh, had to say last night at a rally in Rand Paul's home state of Kentucky on the eve of the gubernatorial election there today. Uh, He took up the president's cause of trying to reveal the whistleblower. We also now know the name of the whistleblower. The whistleblower needs to come before Congress as a material witness because he worked for Joe Biden at the same time Hunter Biden was getting money from corrupt oligarchs. I say tonight to the media, do your job and print his name. And I say this to my fellow colleagues in Congress, to every Republican in Washington, step up and subpoena Hunter Biden and subpoena the whistleblower. So, Megan, there you have it. Uh, Rand Paul taking up the cause here uh, on behalf of Donald Trump, standing there at the rally with him. Is everything you're learning from what this White House strategy is, is it does it hinge on them exposing the whistleblower's name? Why is this issue number one for Donald Trump right now? Right. So I think if there's anything we've learned about Donald Trump and his presidential uh, reelection strategy is that he's not going to apologize. He's one to double down. Um, and if you look at the way that this campaign has tried to approach the impeachment inquiry, even though there have been um, efforts among some administration officials to, let's say, uh, towards the beginning of this inquiry battle to release that transcript, um, the campaign is taking an approach uh, that basically says, come out and fight me. And so I have to say it's quite striking to have someone like Rand Paul, who is often butting heads with Donald Trump on foreign policy, backing him on this. So much of this rally, uh, from what I could tell, was about having not only Donald Trump get reelected, right, but also bolstering these Kentucky, this Kentucky candidate uh, for governor, uh, incumbent for governor. Yeah, Um, Bevan. Yeah. And so I wonder how many more times we're going to see this kind of theme um, be replicated at these kinds of rallies, especially like going back to uh, when Ted Cruz held a rally in Texas with the president. Yeah, well, I Same think thing. I would argue we're probably going to see a lot of it, Gloria. I mean, there's a brand new Mammoth poll out today. Donald Trump's approval rating is at 43 percent. It is where it budge. has been. Uh, it is where it has been this entire time. Here is the president of the United States under the threat of impeachment. He is facing an immense amount of pressure that he hasn't faced yet. Post Mueller, and yet 
It doesn't move. His approval rating is good standing. The New York Times in Siena just put out uh, polls, these the six battleground states that he won in 2016, where he looks very much in the hunt to win them again in, in 2020. If he doesn't see any political uh, repercussion, why should he ever apologize right. or take a different approach? Well, and, and that is exactly his strategy, uh, which is, I did it, so what? So what? This was. There's nothing wrong with this, as he keeps saying. It was a perfect call. Let and me if, tell you again. I'll do it right here I'll on the South right Lawn, here. right? I'll and say it's it out fine. loud. Yeah. No quid pro quo, nothing, no collusion, witch hunt, you know, whatever you want to say. And that's the strategy because he knows he can get away with it. And he does, he, he does get away with it uh, with his supporters who like him for other reasons. And they like him precisely because he's taking on the establishment and precisely because he doesn't play by the rules. And he's not looking to get those other voters. And the big question all of us here have is, does he need those independent voters? Because that's where he's lost altitude with independent voters. Um, and he's lost some altitude with white um undereducated voters as well, according to some polls, that will, you know, will that loss really hurt him in the Electoral College? Not the popular vote. Let's not even talk about Let's talk about the way we elect presidents. Right. And he knows how we elect presidents. So he hasn't broadened his base because he feels like he doesn't have to. We don't know whether that's the right calculation. And uh, Megan, he won independence by four points in the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. It was actually part of his winning coalition. They, as to Gloria's point, they fled him and his party in 2018. It's what delivered the majority in many ways uh, to the Democrats in the House of Representatives. Have you gotten any sense that they're trying to make uh, some appeal to them in any way. I want you to. I want you to hear what the president said last night about this impeachment process at this rally, and you tell me if you hear anything in here that may appeal to independents. There's been no place in the country that's gone down like the area that Nancy Pelosi represents, and she's wasting all of her time. And you know what? It's backfiring. You see it. But the media and the Democrats have launched an even more brazen assault on our nation with a deranged, hyper-partisan impeachment with Judd. So what, uh, the one thing I hear there is he, he wants to make this a partisan affair. Uh, he thinks that helps him. Um, is, the, is the calculation in that that independents who tend to not really like partisan affairs somehow tune this out then? Well, it's unclear to me exactly how the how the president is trying to appeal to independent voters here. I will say, though, that this election today on Tuesday is going to be a test of whether this rhetoric is working, particularly because um, Governor Bevin um, is having such a tough fight um, in the gubernatorial election in Kentucky. He, But that state was won by uh, a landslide for 30, Donald Trump. 30 points. Yeah, in 2016. Like I said, I'm not sure if it's going to work with independent voters, but we're going to see how it works in places like Kentucky today. Yeah, I, I am eager to see the returns tonight because I think part of this impeachment landscape, Gloria, is in Trump country, in places like Mississippi and Kentucky, can he still go in at the end, even under the threat of impeachment, and drive his voters out? Well, first of all, uh, he is likely to get impeached by the House yep. if they vote the articles of impeachment, but unlikely to get impeached by the Senate. So he can claim victory. He can say... I won. They tried to get rid of me. 
They didn't get rid of me. Now you have to reelect me because they tried to do it the bad way. Now you have to make sure that I come back. He can use this as a tool for himself, which is why Nancy Pelosi was so unsure about whether you even ought to do impeachment at all until until this until this phone call. And I think the Democrats have to do a good job of explaining why this is not just about a one phone call, but it's about a way of doing business and and the way the government operates, which they would claim is corrupt. That is going to be the test for the Democrats when these hearings go public in these next uh, couple of weeks. Um, Gloria, what are you looking forward to in the days ahead uh, this week before we get to those open hearings? What what other testimony are you waiting for? Is there any next development in this story you're most keen to observe? You know, I, I think we want to see the testimony uh, from Fiona Hill. She was a part of the uh, national security apparatus inside the White House. She is the person who worked for John Bolton and who was a witness to John Bolton's explosion when he said uh, of Gordon Sondland meeting with Ukrainians inside the basement of the White House, I don't want to be a party to their drug deal or something to that effect. So I do want to see her testimony. Uh, I'm looking forward to also discovering whether, in fact, we will hear from Bolton ever, even privately or publicly, because he's the key to this story. He's the big key to this story. He could be John Dean or he could not be John Dean. John Dean testified voluntarily, so he's different that way. But he does hold the keys to the kingdom here. And he is somebody who left the White House on bad terms. He is somebody who is devoutly anti-Putin, and was very upset with Ukraine aid not going through. Right. And I am wondering whether that had anything to do with his leaving, since if you look at when he left... I've wondered the same thing. September 10th, totally. and, then, and then Ukraine aid was released, what, the next day? Throughout this whole thing, I have wondered uh, very much about his departure date. We will wait and see. I will say, back to your earlier point, whether he plays the role of John Dean or not, it is still hard to see on today's facts who the 20 Republican senators would be to sort of come over and remove the president from office or, you know, John Dean was a turning point that led eventually to Nixon's resignation. I, it's hard to imagine even John Bolton, if that's the role he's playing, that that's the outcome. And there were tapes. There the, were tapes. Exactly. <laughs> Gloria, Megan, thank you so much for joining me on the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. And thanks to all of you, our listeners. We've got a new episode every weeknight. So please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And while you're there, please leave us a rating or a comment. It really helps people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 